At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Years ago when I first started exploring the topic of the coming scarcity of fossil fuel energy, I came across the idea that the ideological battle between communism and capitalism is really just a fight between two isms, and that both capitalism and communism are dependent on yet another ism, which is called industrialism. Without industry, there would be no capitalism on the scale that we enjoy today in most of the world. And without industry, there would be no socialism or communism either. And like I said, both of these systems are built on cheap fossil fuels. So how does that relate to the idea of industrial feminism, you ask? Well, industrial feminism is built on all of the technologies used to liberate women from their biological functions and dependency on men. Without industrialization, there would be no rise in feminism over the last 50 years in universities, governments, and other public institutions. And feminism is female nature, enabled by and amplified by industry. Feminism should be seen as a scaling up of female nature through the scaling up of government as well as industry. And we can all agree that without big government there to take money from the productive individuals in our society and give it to the less productive ones, women would still be dependent on men instead of the state-sponsored wealth transfer that they enjoy. Women carry children and therefore have less time to devote to working and having a career. And without the cheap industrialization and mechanization of almost every single process, including transportation, education, medicine, and agriculture, among many other things, there would be no women's liberation, plain and simple. Men created the very technologies and the ideas that women used to amplify their nature and to subjugate men. If men want to return back to traditionalism, then all they have to do is do absolutely nothing and allow the system to collapse economically and starve itself to death. But that's only one possible future that I don't really want to see happen. Like I said in earlier videos, this generation of men, our generation of men, can truly be said to be the first free generation of men in the history of the world. And women are using the technology that our minds and bodies created over the generations to subjugate us. But the ironic thing is that the prison that most men are in with regards to catering to what women want is a mental prison that men can rid themselves of through MGTOW. There are no four walls or a cage keeping us here. The only thing that keeps us here is our own biological imperative. We have to find things like pornography and surrogacy to satisfy our own biological desires and reduce, if not eliminate, our need for women. And if we get smart enough, we can even use genetic engineering to our benefit. In the last half century, women have played dirty, developed feminism as their religion to attack the values of men, and shame men into continuing to work as plow horses. And if it were up to me, I'd take the sexual carrot that most women hoist over men's heads and shove it into the very ass of feminism. But I'm beginning to think that feminism isn't the main culprit to our problems, and that there are other men out there that completely agree with me. The way I see it, the coming battle between feminism and women in general is similar to what happened at the end of the Second World War in Italy. And the majority of women are going to turn into metaphorical Italians. During the Second World War, the Italians were on the side of the German Nazis. 
But when the Germans started losing the war, and the Italians were defeated by the Allies, they changed their tune, as well as their mind, and decided to switch and fight for the Allies instead. Only one month after it was conquered by the Allies, Italy switched sides, and even killed its former ruler, Benito Mussolini. I think that in the near future, many women can see the writing on the wall, with the end of feminism. And dare I say it, they will switch sides like the Italians did at the end of the Second World War. If you're a female MRA listening to this, don't take my words for it. Instead, take the words of Sharon Astick. I'm adding a link in the description below to her article called 300 Years of Fossil Fuels and Not One Bad Gal. And this is what Sharon has to say about feminism, and she even agrees that female nature is the real problem and not exclusively feminism. Here are her words. Moreover, the women's movement is an incredibly powerful cultural shift. Industrial capitalism may have subverted feminism, but it didn't create it. Women are extraordinarily powerful in shifting the culture, and history suggests it's not the function of cheap energy. So Sharon is basically saying that the rise in the most recent version of industrial feminism that many of us are fighting here on YouTube as well as in the real world has more to do with female nature than just cheap energy. I also hate to say this, but if modern feminism was the Titanic, then the lifeboats would be filling with women and cats first, and everyone else be damned. Which I believe we're already starting to see happen. The smarter women in our society are already starting to distance themselves from feminism. And this puts the men's movement and MGTOW into a difficult position. Because if feminism is ultimately defeated, like I believe it will be, then the only other thing that men will be able to complain about is women. And it won't be as socially acceptable to complain about women as it is to complain about feminism. And I believe that many women will turn on feminism completely, which has protected them in a world of plenty, and will eventually attack and destroy it once it becomes detrimental to their own interests. Sharon also has this to say, Modern industrial feminism, and its partner in crime, modern industrial capitalism, has also uncritically accepted the idea that the progressive narrative in which women can do whatever they want, more or less, whenever they want, is an accomplishment of their own will rather than the result of a fossil energy-intensive infrastructure that includes electric breast pumps, refrigeration, cars, a huge body of people shunted from homes and farms into low-service economy jobs, the offshoring of things that were once needed due to the available home labor or made in faraway lands. Again, that's what she says. Sharon goes even as far as to say that men will ultimately blame women for overconsuming the resources on this planet and thus causing global warming and the coming financial problems, as well as resource depletion issues. I think that many women will quickly adopt a low-carbon lifestyle and throw away their makeup and fancy possessions, even though most of you won't believe it. I think they'll do this after they realize that what good are material possessions if men are pissed off at women and won't provide you any food and protection? Quickly, most women will see this and adapt to it like chameleons. Consumerism, I fear, will not collapse because of a lack of energy, but because women will fear that men are going to abandon them. So women will abandon consumerism first, as well as possibly feminism, and claim that they're doing it to save the world. And all of a sudden, we might shockingly see industrial feminism crash, and women start to change their tune. They will call themselves stewardesses of the land, and ache to return to traditional values. At that point, women will try and persuade men to sweep women's wasteful behavior under the rug and pretend like it never happened and also pretend like 100 years of wasteful consumerism and industrial feminism also never happened. 
Sharon said that when she went to many peak oil meetings, she often saw wealthy men returning to the kitchen that had been mostly deserted by women and were basically growing gardens, and they could essentially see the writing on the wall with regards to what was going to happen. I'd find it kind of ironic that once women saw that men were basically going back into the kitchen, they would try to surely follow in their footsteps as well. So if men want to truly control the direction women take in society, then we need to move into the spaces we want women to be in. Of course, that won't work in all fields such as construction and labor. But if enough men move into fields like childcare, soon enough we might start seeing women complaining that they have been pushed out of childcare and children and it's their right to do so and to take care of children and that they've unjustly had it taken away. Most women at their core want to fall in line and be socially acceptable and are willing to go along with social conventions. And here's yet another article called The Fairy Tale of American Feminism is an Economic Anomaly and It's About to End by Stephanie Shepard. This is what she says in her article. Through the contraction of the economy, we are going to experience the contraction of all economic gains of feminism. Female-dominated professions are declining in the quantity of employment opportunities. Wages have stagnated or begun to fall in female-dominated fields. The return of investment on liberal arts degrees is declining swiftly, leaving many young women with piles of student loan debt that they'll never be able to pay back. It is no coincidence that second-wave feminism occurred from within the baby boomer generation. In the 1960s and 1970s, we were at our economic peak. We had a balance of mass production and mass consumption. This secured fair wages aligning with stable employment. Those wages were used to buy goods, invest in infrastructure, and circulated within the local economies. So there you have it, yet another woman that sees the writing on the wall and the end of industrial feminism. To survive a world of scarcity, women don't really need to think about solutions or contribute to many of the problems that they've ultimately caused. All they have to do is find a man that will be able to do it for them. And a man capable of doing it in the future will most likely not be wearing a suit and not working at a bank. Instead, he might wear a pair of overalls and work on the land. And a woman on a farm will certainly not be a bleach blonde bimbo. Instead, she will have to be more modest, wear jeans and boots, and typically feed the chickens. Years ago, I used to be part of the Transition Towns movement here in Canada. And at first, it was only men. And then quickly, more and more women started taking part in urban agriculture, permaculture, collecting rainwater from rooftops. And I was always wondering why women were doing this. Women have to change their appearance to attract the man that they want in their lives. In the future, women will want farmers and will want to appear like good, submissive, and traditional women that take care of traditional men who have traditional values. So they will behave like that to attract men. And most men will likely fall in line by working the land and figuring out ways to rely less on fossil fuels. If you study American history, then you've most likely come across Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold was an American Revolutionary War general, and he switched sides and fought for the English instead and he was basically a turncoat, which is the way I see many of the women in the future who abandon feminism under false pretenses. Benjamin Franklin said that Judas sold out only one man, but Benedict Arnold sold out three million. And I can see today's feminists selling out women to ensure their own comfort and safety in the future, and pretending to be something they never were. And I'm starting to agree with Spetsnaz as well as Stardust and what they've been saying all along. But it's not feminism that's the problem, but instead women's turncoat mentality when the chips are down. 
But in addition to that, I also believe that men are to blame for not being able to resist their own biological imperatives, and for not allowing male solidarity to rise up and fight against women trying to invade male spaces. Men will sell each other out for sex, and women will sell each other out for money and resources. Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today. Yesterday I said I wanted a woman on this podcast with me, and she even said no after I offered to pay her, and she said that she doesn't want the attention. Well, how about that? Finally, thank you to everyone for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.